Hello, you're listening to the podcast of Bay Ridge Christian Church. Each Sunday, our aim is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from the text of the Bible and to catalyze the hearts of our hearers to love and gratitude towards God and all of His creation. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and we pray that you will be encouraged to trust in Jesus today. Well, we are going to be looking today at Psalm 46, and you can go ahead and start getting ready for that. But as we are, obviously the fact that you're not here and you're watching this, and as we've mentioned a couple of times uh, during worship here, is because we're, we're in a, a situation that is very, very unusual. Uh, we're having to do virtual meetings for at least a period of time. Obviously, we were planning today of having Roger and Marilyn Reek here. Uh, that couldn't even work out that they could be with us because, as Lisa mentioned, uh, Roger was recommended, given his health, to not even take a chance coming down here to Maryland. Uh, so there's been a lot that's been going on. And before I even start, I do want to thank all the people who've worked very hard uh, Jer put in a lot of work getting us set up for this and, and leading and helping the church to think through what was going on. Uh, Stephanie had to get ready for what we thought was going to be the Sunday meeting and then working to get ready for this particular meeting. The, the worship team came in and spent a lot of time. The council has worked. And especially I want to give a shout out to Dave uh, Trosel and Tony Marsh who've done a lot of work working on the video and the sound and helping us to do all of this. Uh, there's a lot of things that are coming out there, and I want to encourage you, we're getting ready for the teaching here too, to pay attention that all the materials are out there, the outlines, the discussion guides, uh, we've got kids' materials, use them all. This is going to be an unusual time for us, but we want to draw together and stay serious of entering into worship and drawing into the scripture. And of course, this has come about, it's unusual, because this coronavirus is spreading so rapidly around the world. And it's led to unprecedented actions, not only by our government, but by governments around the world. Italy is basically in a, a full shutdown and quarantine mode. Businesses around the world are shutting down. The NBA's called up their season. The NCAA is not having uh, their tournaments. Uh, Disney World and Disneyland are shut down. Um, and so in the midst of this, there are people who are responding with fear. You've probably seen pictures of people in the grocery stores buying everything up. And some people are just really afraid of what's going on. Other people, meanwhile, are scoffing about it and thinking this is all a tempest in a teapot and much ado about nothing. We want to ask the question of ourselves, what's a godly response to a time like this? It might be a time of disease. It might be a time of war or famine. Uh, it might be a time of a severe economic downturn. Whatever the cause where things are being shaken, how should God's people respond? What is a godly response? Well, we want to take a look at the scripture. So we're going to turn to Psalm 46, this really important uh, scripture. And I'm going to be going ahead and reading it. I'll be using the New International Version. You can follow along. It'll also be on the screen for you to look at. But Psalm 46. So let's hear God's word to us in our situation. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. 
Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So this famous psalm is really important because the psalmist is in a time that's very much like the time we're going on. Things are really stirred up and it's a time of uncertainty. And it's also a a psalm that's been used in church history. Uh, We're going to respond to this by singing A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Well, that song was written in response to Vienna being under siege by the Ottoman Empire. And it appeared that the Austro-Hungarian Empire, part of the Holy Roman Empire, and into Germany where Luther lived might actually fall to the Muslim armies. How do you respond? Well, to do that, uh, they looked to Psalm 46. And so we want to take a look at this today. Now notice that the psalmist here tells us the first thing that we should do in times like this is have a response of faith, not fear. A response of faith, not fear. We are called as God's people to live out of faith in God, not in fear of our circumstances. Notice in verses 1 to 3, the psalm's kind of broken into several different parts. In verses 1 to 3, we read, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And then there's that little word, Selah, which is how we know to kind of break the psalm up there, because he's saying that's a pause, that's a time to think about it. And so notice what the psalmist tells us. God is our refuge. God is our strength. In the words of Luther, God is a mighty fortress for us. And notice the psalmist tells us that God is ever present with us. It's not as if when hard times come, we look around and God's no longer here. God is always with us and beside us. And so with the psalmist, we should be able to say, for this reason, we do not fear no matter what is going on around us, no matter what else is happening uh, in his terms, even if the earth gives way and the mountains were to fall into the sea. I mean, this is a catastrophe that is happening. Uh, But the psalmist is reminding us God is sovereign. Even if the literal earth beneath our feet were shaking, God is sovereign over everything. Now, this is important to us because right now there are many people who are fearful for quite a number of reasons. Some people are worried because this virus is starting to spread so rapidly. At first, they didn't think much about it, but now they're seeing what's happening in Italy, for example. And it just seems like this virus is is spreading rapidly and out of control. And, And there are medical professionals who are speaking of what may happen, how many people in the United States might get it. Others are fearful because they say, well, how do you even fight something that you can't see? 
I might be around somebody who's infected and I can't even tell. They may not even know they have it. How can you possibly deal with something like this? Others aren't necessarily afraid of the virus. They're concerned now because the stock market has gone through a historic tumble over the last week or two. Um, there, there are all of these different things going on. It's kind of like what the psalmist says. It seems like the earth is shaking all around us. But it is in those very circumstances that God calls us as his people to live out of faith rather than in fear. Because here is the truth. Even with the coronavirus here, even with its rapid spread, even with the stock market tumbling, even with people acting crazy and trying to buy everything up, God is sovereign. He has not gone off of his throne. He has not ceded control of this world and this universe to something else. He controls our days. The reality is, six months ago, you and I didn't know anything about COVID-19. But our days are not controlled by this disease or any other. They are not controlled by famine or war. None of them can separate us from God. God has known all of our days. We're told in the scripture that they were all written in his book before even one of them came to be. And as believers, we need to let God be our refuge in that way, trusting and understanding that. Our trust is not in our physical body. This body is frail. This body is weak. This body is subject to the coronavirus. But our hope is not in our physical body. Our hope is not in the stock market, as we've just found in the last week or two. If you've got any mutual funds or anything, a lot of money that you had has melted away. But that's not where our hope is. Our hope cannot be in anything other than God himself. And so this is the first point that the psalmist makes. But the second thing that he tells us is in verses 4 to 7. Again, you know, each section ends with this selah. And so notice that the next section goes from verses 4 to 7. And the reason that we have faith, the reason we live in faith, is not some sort of positive thinking. It's because God is with us. And so notice in verses 4 to 7, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So notice the psalmist is not saying, well, everything's falling apart, but I'm just going to think positively. The reason he is living in faith rather than in fear is because God is with us. Uh, as Jesus' name is Emmanuel, God with us. God is with his people. Our faith is not in our abilities. It's not in me thinking properly. Our faith is in God himself. And notice the psalmist multiple ways tells us that God dwells with us. God is in the midst of his city, his people. God surrounds us like a fortress, and he dwells within that fortress with us. And so the psalmist says, you can have faith. You can have hope. Because even in the midst of this trying time, 
God is not far away. He is a God who is close by, even dwelling among us. And so notice, he says the nations are in uproar. The earth is, is melting in his poetic expression. I mean, you can think of nothing that would be more upsetting and more uh, just outside of the bounds of our daily existence than the earth actually melting. But the psalmist says not even that would matter because God is with us. And that leads to the third reason that we live out of faith rather than in fear. Notice how the psalmist turns at the end of the psalm in verses 8 to 11, and he tells us that actually tough situations are a chance to see and experience God and to watch God work. Bobby kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the meeting. Notice what he says in verses 8 to 11. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So notice, the psalmist is not saying just ignore everything going on around you and, and then you're going to be okay. He's telling us faith doesn't come from ignoring or denying what is happening. He actually says, come and see. Come and look and pay attention to what's happening. There are desolations in the earth. All of these things are going on. Come and see and then you're going to see how God is at work. Because one of the things that's happening here is he's telling us sometimes God is actually shattering our false idols. He's shattering the false hopes that we tend to build up around us. And so notice there he says the bow and the spear and the shields. He's saying that they're being broken, they're being destroyed, they are being gone. You and I can find all kinds of things to foolishly trust in. Again, perhaps my thought is I work out, I eat well, my body is safe. And then sometimes something like the coronavirus is a reminder that that can't be where my hope is. Sometimes it's, I've saved money, I've put aside for the stock market, and then this happens and we realize that can't be where our hope is. Sometimes it's even, you know, our neighbors are all going to pull together, and then we start seeing when tough times come, sometimes people start turning on each other. That cannot be where our hope is. But what the psalmist is telling us is in the midst of uncertain times of suffering and sickness, God's people are called to be still and know that he is God. This is a verse we've probably heard of before, be still and know that I'm God. When I was a young Christian, we used to, we had a little quiet song we sang out of this. But notice where it actually occurs in the psalm. It's not a quiet little time. Everything's not going well. The whole earth is falling apart is what the psalmist is saying. But God calls to his people and says, come and see how everything else is being shaken. And I want you in the midst of all this tumult, all this activity, all this running around, I want you to come and sit and be still. And if you pay attention, you're going to see in a new way that I am God. If you pay attention, you're going to experience in a new way that I am God. God, and you can know me in the midst of this. So as we do this, we can actually, in the midst of these difficult times, come to experience afresh the reality that God is with us. 
Now, this is really important to us for just a couple of reasons. Number one, I want you to think for a moment. I could have picked a text where, where Jesus regularly and consistently says, do not fear. Or I was reading this week as I'm reading through the Gospels here during Lent, and you remember this, the time where Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and they're going across the sea, and they wake him up, and they say, Master, aren't you worried? Uh, you know, don't you care that we're about to perish? And you remember Jesus told him, why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? Because he's saying, don't you understand? God's still in control. I'm here with you. God is with us. And so Jesus constantly tells us this. And what we learn when a time like this hits and I start living out of fear, that's a reminder that my focus is not on God. My focus has gotten down on something else. And so God is calling me to focus on him. And the last thing, which is going to lead into the next section of what I want to talk about today is you and I can't possibly love our neighbors and love them well. And we can't possibly promote the cause of the gospel if in a time like this, we live in fear rather than in faith. That will actually undermine the cause of the gospel and it's going to prevent us from loving our neighbors the way God calls us. So faith, if we're living in it, should prompt a response of love for our neighbor. Faith is going to prompt a response of love for our neighbor. Now, let me point out, when I've said everything that I've said here in Psalm 46, this does not mean that we are to live foolishly. Faith does not lead to foolish actions. And this isn't a common sense thing. We see this over and over again in the Word of God. For example, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 5 to 7, Jesus is in the wilderness and he's being tempted by the devil. And you remember one of the temptations is Satan comes up and we read in Matthew 4, starting in verse 5, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered him, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And so Satan here is making an assumption and he's, he's throwing a taunt out to Jesus, which is if you have real faith, if you believe, then you're going to require God to act in miraculous ways to prove himself. You're going to do something that would otherwise be foolish to make God step in in a miraculous way to protect you and to watch over you. Jesus, however, rejects this understanding of faith and says, that's not actually faith, that's tempting and testing God. So faith does not prompt some kind of foolish actions. And what this means for you and me in a time like this is faith is not opposed to following the advice of, for example, medical professionals who've been called and gifted by God to help us understand our bodies, to help us understand diseases, and to help us understand and know and practices that are going to bring health rather than sickness. Faith does not say, well, I'm going to ignore all of that, and I'm just going to go about my life the way that I want to do it, and God will keep me, God will protect me, because he knows the number of days written in the book. That's not how the scripture views us. In fact, Jesus says that's actually testing God. 
Our faith in God does not call us to ignore the things being requested by our civil leaders that God has given authority over us. Unless they ask us to do something that is directly contradictory to the Scripture, which they have not done, then we should try to listen and obey them whenever possible. And so right now, for example, the the medical authorities and the governing authorities are asking you to apply the Bible. Now, why do I say that? Because James 4.8 tells us, wash your hands, you sinners. So you're being asked right now by the government to wash your hands. So maybe put James 4.8. It's a great time to memorize that Bible verse. I would encourage you to go ahead and, uh, you know, maybe we'll put up on our Facebook page later this week. I've seen a great video of people singing the doxology because it takes about 20 seconds to sing the doxology, which is what they're telling us to do. What I'm telling you is doing those kind of practices is not lacking faith. That's actually an expression of faith. To not do them, Jesus says, is actually testing and tempting God. So, all joking aside, true faith doesn't test God. It's willing to listen to the advice of those gifted by God with the appropriate knowledge and also those placed in authority over us. Everything else is not faith. It's presumption. It's testing God, which Jesus says is wickedness, and we should not do it. And let me give one last little note on this before we move on to what the love would look like. Please get your information from official, reputable sources. Not some unemployed, middle-aged man who's still living in his mother's basement and blogging in his pajamas and giving medical advice about things he doesn't know anything about. Do not get your advice off of that. There is all kinds of misinformation out on social media. That also is not faith. That's foolishness. Let's pay attention to who we need to let the ones who are gifted by God. We've spoken recently about common grace. God has given certain people knowledge in these areas. We need to listen to them, not someone else. Because if we start listening to false sources, that can stir up fear rather than faith. Now, as I said, faith should prompt love for our neighbor. You remember in Jeremiah, where the people of God were sent into exile, and they were in Babylon. And it was a very difficult time for them. And Jeremiah wrote a letter to them. And in, in Jeremiah 29.7, you can read part of the letter. And Jeremiah said this, Seek the peace and prosperity. The Hebrew word there is the shalom. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. If it has shalom, you will have shalom. And so, Friends, you and I are exiles because this world is not our ultimate home. We, we, are, we are pilgrims who are passing through. But we are called to pray and to labor for the shalom of the city where God has placed us. So we need to be engaged in this situation out of faith, not fear, praying for our city, for our region, for our nation, ultimately for the world, that our leaders would have wisdom to lead through this situation. We need to be asking God to help them make wise decisions. We need to be praying, as we've already done in our, our gathering today, that the spread of the virus would be contained. We need to be praying for healing for others. It is of concern for us because faith prompts 
love. Faith uh, looks like us caring about the shalom of the city where we're at. But it also leads to you and me looking for ways to serve right here in our own community. One of the things that's happened historically, see, we sometimes forget this is not the first time the church has existed in a situation like this. In fact, throughout the history of the church, there have been times of plague and famine and difficulty. And very often, these were the times when Christians stood out the most. In the early Roman Empire, very often, when sicknesses would hit and people would flee the city, it was the Christians who stayed to care for their neighbors, to love them. And this became a springboard for the gospel. It became a practical application that while these people really do trust their God and these people really do love and care for us, it's not just words they've said when times were good, they're living it out right now. But this is why we have to live in faith rather than fear. If I'm living out of fear, I'm going to isolate myself and in no way, shape, or form want to serve my neighbors. I'm not going to care about them. I'm only going to care about uh, myself. If others around us respond in fear, we as the people of God must respond in faith, and we have to be willing to care for and serve them. Christians in history have done this very often, even at the cost of their own life, because don't misunderstand what I'm saying. When they stayed to care for the sick and poor, it's not as if, well, no Christian ever got sick from that, no Christian ever died from that. That's not the case, friends. That's a false theology. That's a false understanding of faith. But what it does mean is those believers knew their hope was not in this life, but in the life to come. And their hope was not in this frail body, but they knew that there is a resurrection that awaits. And in that resurrection, all healing will come. We will have a body that will not be subject to illness. And they were looking forward to that rather than to this world. So we remember our hope is in God and in eternity, not this world, not this life. Our hope is in the resurrection, not this fallen body. And so the, the last thing that this leads to for us then is that we love our neighbor as well by praying for the spread of the gospel. I remind you, Psalm 46.10, look at that again. In the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this section where the psalmist is looking at what's going on in the other nations, he says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So God's people are to be still, and we're experiencing God, as I spoke about a couple of minutes ago. But notice, God is at work. He is working among the nations, and he's going to be exalted. He's going to be known. So we not only pray for the stop of the spread of the virus, we pray for the increased spread of the gospel. We want that to increase. Right now, there are many people that are around you and me, and they are, in a way that they normally don't, they are thinking about the fact, the absolute fact of their own mortality. And we need to pray for the gospel to break through to them right now. Maybe you're somebody who's actually watching this and you are thinking about your own mortality right now. If that's the case, I wanna remind you 
you didn't just become mortal in the last couple of weeks. That has been the fact all along. And so this isn't some kind of opportunism. Look at Christians trying to make something good out of this. There are all kinds of people trying to spin this to their own good. This is a recognition. The fact is, we were always mortal. The fact is, these bodies were always frail and subject to disease. And the fact is, every one of us are going to die and stand before God. It's just that now suddenly, some of us are kind of waking up. All of the defenses we had put up against that are now being shattered and broken down. And so God is at work in a situation like this to try and open our eyes to our need for the gospel. So if you're here as part of Bay Ridge and you are in contact with people, and especially if they're not believers, and they are fearing, I encourage you to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. Because coronavirus is not Lord. The stock market is not Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And the only thing that's going to survive into eternity is God and his gospel and it bringing us as his people into that. All these other things are going to fall away. And so I want to encourage us to be thinking as the church right now. And this is, again, faith rather than fear. Fear would tell us to shrink back. I want to challenge us. God is on mission. Coronavirus has not stopped the mission of God. It has not changed the mission of God. And it should not change what we are praying for and what we are doing. He's on mission. He is on mission right here in Annapolis, right here in Maryland. Whatever else is happening, whatever decrees may come out next week from the government, God is on mission. And you and I are called to join in with him. Now, what we're going to do, I'm not really going to be doing much on applying the word this week other than to remind us that this is a time for true, robust, biblical faith rather than fear. Friends, you and I are the people of God, and he is our mighty fortress. And because of that, because our mighty God is with us, no matter what else goes on, he is with us. We have every reason to live in faith, not live in fear. Our God is mighty. He is mighty to protect us. Yes, he is mighty to heal us. He is mighty to restore. But even more important, as we're being reminded in these days of our own mortality, of the frailty of this world, he is mighty over death. Jesus Christ has conquered death, and he has promised us that our faith is not a faith only in this life. It is a faith that transcends even death. You are going to die someday, and so am I. I don't know when that day is, but I do know this. I know that when I die and I breathe my last in this life, I'm going to awaken eternity. I'm going to see my God face to face because my God is is a mighty fortress. And nothing, no demon of hell, not Satan himself, not even death can separate me from him. He is our mighty fortress. So I encourage you as we end with this song that I want us to go forward living in bold faith, 
loving and serving others, being on mission, knowing whatever's being shaken around us, our God will never fail. Father, you truly are a mighty fortress. Lord, you are a bulwark that never fails. Father, we are being reminded of the reality that is always there, Lord, which is that our bodies are mortal. And right now that seems to be prevailing and it's on our thought uh, very much. Lord, many around us are not even thinking of the fact that our greatest enemy is not this virus, Lord. Our greatest enemy is Satan, the enemy of our soul. Um, and Lord, we admit that before him and even before this virus, Lord, we are weak and there's nothing we could do. But Father, we have hope and faith because you are still the mighty God. Lord, you rule above all things. We will not fear, Father, because you have willed to do your work in and through us. And Lord, we know kingdoms may rise, kingdoms may fall, and the words of Psalm 46, the, the earth might melt away. But Father, your people will be here and your gospel will remain all the way into eternity. And so Lord, we look to you in faith. I pray for every one of us that this week, Lord, when the enemy would try to inject fear, we would rise up in faith. I pray you would open doors for us, Lord God, to speak good news to others. Lord, I pray you would open up opportunities for us to serve others in love. Father, we pray that you would promote the gospel. Lord, may it increase and spread throughout us, our families, our church, and Lord, throughout this area. Father, we pray for the prospering and spread of your gospel. Lord, we ask that you would do this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And now, friends, I ask you to reach out and receive the blessing of God. May the Lord give strength to you as his people. May he bless you with peace. Go forth this week filled with faith and the blessing of God and be a blessing. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.